passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. If, 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 if your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, blue, blue this, this is the pod, is the pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Uh, we got to talk about it, don't we? We, we, have, we have to talk about it. So here we are. Orange and Blue Bloods, new episode, DJ Stewart, Tommy Beer, back. Of course, this is a New York Knicks podcast hosted by Odyssey and WFAN. If you enjoy these episodes, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit the auto download so you get all of these episodes as we drop. Tommy, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about this collapse that happened in Dallas. I know the Knicks have moved on to San Antonio at this point, but the Knicks nine up nine less than... 40 seconds, 35 seconds in a game, a game that they had at one point a 99.8% chance of winning. And somehow we are here talking about a loss. Tommy Beer, happy to have you back. What the hell happened? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, it's 24, 30, almost 48 hours after, 36 hours after the fact. Um, per ESPN Stats and Info, they went back 20 years. NBA teams um, with a lead of nine or more with 35 seconds or fewer uh, remaining in regulation had lost. uh, They had won those games 13,884, 13,884 and oh, they were up nine, 35 seconds or less. So that, that just kind of gives you, as you said, 99%, 99 99.9% doesn't even really tell the story. Like it's amazing. The number of things that had to go wrong, um, the number of bad bounces, and then not boxing out Luke and all the other stuff we'll, we'll talk about. But it really is um, uh, almost unfathomable that, uh, that everything that that had to go wrong did go wrong. Um, and it seems, you know, it's just it almost seems par for the course. I remember during the eight game win streak, it was almost like the Knicks will find a way to to, to, to figure out how to win the, win these games down the stretch. Yeah. Um, which was uncommon, you know, which wasn't what we had seen, obviously, the season before or the first month of the season. And then all of a sudden, it did the, the, the switch flip back to, um, uh, you know, just figuring out a way to lose. And, you know, we'll and, and, and we'll talk about it, too. Um, the three of their obviously on a four game losing streak, three of those four losses 
they've had the lead in the final two minutes of regulation and figured out a way to lose both those games. So, um, you know, there's, there's like, you know, some certain losses, you know, kind tend to, to, to hurt more than others, obviously not just yeah. in the moment, but they linger a little bit and, um, you know, we'll see if it carries on to San Antonio. We'll talk a bit about that as well, but, um, yeah, just an amazing, I guess, just your immediate reaction when you, when, as it was going down your, your thoughts as, uh, as you, as you witnessed it. Well, watching that game Wednesday night, it was really it was an odd game for a lot of reasons. Of course, RJ goes out early. Um, Knicks really kind of hold water for pretty much the entire game. I mean, the, the Mavs hadn't had a lead in the game until overtime. Um, really, you know, they had to lead, I think, 9-8 at one point in the first quarter, and then the Knicks had led throughout. Even though it wasn't a game necessarily Knicks ran away from Dallas, they just kind of were in control. Yeah. And a lot of that had to do with the play of Quentin Grimes, who had a stellar performance. He had 33 points, a career high in that game. Um, Julius Randle uh, really played well for the first, you know, three quarters for sure. He had a really good first half, as he seems to continue to put together really good first halves. And the Knicks seemed to be rolling. You know, a lot of the players that had to play more minutes, Deuce McBride stepped up. Um, he had probably one of his best offensive performances of the season. Um, IQ hit a big three late. So, you know, I'm kind of sitting there just watching the game, you know, as we, as the clock is, you know, we're at the one-minute mark. I remember thinking in my head, I'm about to tweet this. Huh, this is the best Nick win of the season? Like considering so you're the RJ. reason, so you just, you're the reason. <laughs> but, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even put it out in the universe. It was literally <laughs> still in my brain. And when, when all of a sudden the, the uh, hijinks unfolded. So, so I, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, this might be the best Nick win the season. I know they had some other good wins, but considering the injuries and, and, uh, you know, Luca having, you know, 50, like at that time, 50, I'm like, this is, this is incredible that they're going to pull this one out. And then, you know, the hijinks begin. So Wood hits a three. Nobody closes out on him. Okay, now your lead from nine to six. Then they throw the ball at Quentin Grimes. Uh, Grimes continues to struggle in these instances where he gets trapped in the backcourt. Now, I think that that was a really quick whistle for a jump ball there. One of the quicker whistles I, I can remember seeing that call for a jump ball. I thought Luca also fouled him on that. But still, okay, jump ball. You don't get the tip. Uh, Luca scores on the end one. Now your your game is a is a three point game. Deuce McBride had to make a ton of free throws, which then was another issue where I was like, why is Deuce McBride continuing to get the ball in these moments? Um, I love that the kid's fearless. I love the uh, the grit that this kid plays. But I'm happy he's on out out on the floor. I'm happy he's getting these valuable minutes in his development. But the fact that plays kept ending up with him with the ball being fouled, when you have Emmanuel quickly, we have other veteran players out there who are better free throw shooters, didn't make sense. He goes essentially, I believe, uh three for four in these instances. So he misses one free throw and that one free throw ended up being a big difference. And then you had to play at the end. Uh, uh, you had to play at the end where, where Luca who gets fouled, uh, Quentin Grimes executes that. Well, one of the few things they've executed at anything, one of the few things executed at all during that final stretch was Quentin Grimes following Luca pretty late in the clock, four seconds left. So you think, okay, he's got a rebound. Nick's going to win this game, but there's no substitution from Tibbs. Uh, Dallas goes big. They bring in JaVale McGee. Um, looks like Christian Wood initially gets a handle of the ball from Randall. And then two Knicks, McBride and Grimes right there, both collide essentially onto the ball. They both lose the ball. And then Luca hits this uh, miraculous putback shot from about 10, 15 feet out. And then from there, uh, it was over. And yeah. I know that was an overtime, but you knew the game was over at that point. You knew the game was lost. Yep. And to me, it was like as soon as the jump ball happened, you just kind of knew the hijinks were underway. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy, like to think that to expect the worst that could happen. But 
And even after the wood three, I'm like, okay, six points, they'll be fine. But once I saw the jump ball, I'm like, okay, anything can happen at this point because this is going to get weird. And it got as weird as it could possibly get. And Knicks took another L. Yeah, it's a good point on the um, just the, the minutia of it that I thought that, you know, obviously there was a bunch of different turning points, but the, the Grimes jump ball, you very rarely see that called. It was a quick whistle. If anything, you know, they, the refs will err on the side of calling a foul, giving them a quick foul. Um, which kind of benefits that, you know, obviously they want to, they would love a jump ball, but they, they'd settle for the foul right away. Um, uh, but yeah. And the other thing um, that, that, that a lot of fans were upset about and rightfully so um, was Tibbs not bringing in Sims um, mm-hmm. to, 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 to corral the rebound on the Luca miss. Um, but yeah, as, as you mentioned, um, I definitely thought fouling Luca was the right call. So I agree with Tibbs on that decision. Yeah. Um, getting him to the line. Um, and, and, and as you mentioned, Grimes did it well, you know, didn't, didn't get him in the act of shooting, um, let, yep. let a few precious seconds, you know, burn off the clock and then foul him, um, you know, 35 feet out from the basket. Um, so I thought they executed that well. And yeah. And then it just comes down to, yes, they obviously should have boxed out Luca. Um, that was a big mistake, but you know, if Grimes lets McBride catch it, Nick's win. If McBride lets Grimes catch it, Nick's win. <laughs> yeah. kind of, you know, you get it. I get it. That type of thing, you know, like a center fielder and a right fielder, um, neither one calling each other off and um bull bounces and, and luke catches it and, and knocks down the shot and um yeah just uh, uh in, incredible you know and, and even just you know the, looking at the numbers are, are, are it, it's insane 60 20 10 i mean it's just when mm. when you do something that wilt hasn't done yeah like, you know it's special because like every other record you know like any other monster game you're like oh wilt did this with one hand tied behind his back you know in in, in philadelphia you know 31 times you know um, but for, <laughs> for, for luca to do what he did um was was it was truly a, a remarkable uh performance no question yeah and i, I do want to i do want to play uh luca Doncic because i thought he had a very interesting uh comment after the game talking about the knicks defensive strategy i know in the last episode i mentioned how uh, George Niang talked about the Knicks not playing drop coverage, well, playing drop coverage and allowing him to kind of uh, go get loose in the fourth quarter on Christmas. Now, Luka Doncic also commenting on the Knicks' offensive, uh, defensive strategies. Here's what we had to say about the Knicks' pick and roll coverage. He scored 27 or 60 points in pick and roll situations. Was there anything you liked about those uh, situations in this game? I mean, uh, <clears throat> We know uh, New York is not going to double. Uh, you know, uh, I love the pick and roll. Uh, I think everybody knows that. Uh, so just keep keep rolling the pick and roll. So there, Luca is saying that essentially the Knicks don't double pick and rolls. So therefore, it allowed him to get get going. And and he had as a that that reporter said twenty seven of his sixty points on pick and roll situations. So this caused you know of course a firestorm amongst. Knicks fans and Knicks Twitter, because now you have another player commenting on the Knicks coaching decisions. And look, I'll be the first person to talk about how mediocre I think Tom Thibodeau is a, as an in-game coach. With that being said, I don't think I can really blame him for it was particularly that being an issue why the Knicks lost this game. The Knicks were up for the entire game for uh, like 47 and a half minutes. And they, they didn't lose because they, they all of a sudden played Luka's single coverage in the last 30 seconds. They lost because they couldn't execute in the fourth quarter. So, I, I, I once again, usually I'm the first person to say, hey, Tibbs screwed something up. I just don't think this is one of them. I think that the fact that they allowed 
Dallas to let Luka just go off and really not allow these other guys to get going. Remember, Tim Hardaway killed the Knicks uh, at Madison Square Garden. He was a non-factor. For a guy who talked a bunch of a blowout, he had very little to say uh, when the game was tight. He was missing a lot of big shots as that game was going down the stretch. Um, none of those guys really went off. Then when he had a good game, besides that, uh, they, they kept everyone pretty much in check, and that's why the Knicks were up. So I, I understood the Luka commentary regarding the reason he was able to get off was because the Knicks didn't double, but I'm happy they didn't. Yeah, um, listen, Luca is going to kill you one way or the other. You know, it's kind of you pick your poison with him. And I th- and I agreed with the strategy. And um, Alan Hahn discussed it a bunch on the MSG broadcast. Shout out to Alan Hahn, by the way, one of his, I believe it was his first uh, um, yeah. the com- commentary next to Breen. Um, and I thought he did a good job. And that was one of the things he talked about was, um, you know, uh, you know, limit everybody else let luca get his and and keep everyone else in check and that and and again it worked and you know um had the knicks not fallen apart down the stretch we'd be sitting here talking about this is maybe one of the best games of the season one of the best wins of the season um you know they just really executed from start to finish um you know just it just fell apart late but yes as far as that particular um aspect of the game goes again it's it's pick your poison a lot of coaches will will sometimes run a double at luca if he gets hot um but i thought the knicks strategy paid off as you mentioned um they limited a lot of the other you know that without brunson you know dallas is really limited offensively um i shouldn't say limited because they they have such a great play creator um right interestingly um luca luca created 85 points if you if you if you um factor points and assists which is one fewer point than than kobe on the day he had 81 just to kind of wow. give you some context about um you know just how dynamic luca was um but yeah he, i mean basically you know he's going to set up his teammates or he's going to hit shots himself um and i thought the knicks did a good job of kind of keeping everyone else out of the out of rhythm um as it went down the stretch there and um you know just uh, again if you know you grab a rebound you, you make make a free throw these type of things it, it, that's the difference between a win and a loss as opposed to um individual coverage i thought yeah and when i think about how i was watching this game like i like because the Knicks were up so much i never really sat there and was like oh man they gotta do something about luca like i really didn't feel like they needed to make any adjustments really until overtime because i thought right. at that point yes. you're, now you're playing even and luca's now he's he's on a complete tear now you have to get the ball out of his hands and the Knicks still didn't Dallas didn't even shoot the ball that well in overtime. Yeah. They really scored mostly on the free throw line to uh, close that game out. But I, I thought that would have been the instance where I said, okay, now we got to get the ball out, out of his hands because now we're playing even. You know, when you're playing from up and Luke is the only one scoring, it's much different than playing even. But, yeah, I think when it came to talking about that game, I, there's just very little I would really put on Tibbs, especially regarding the defensive strategy. Now, do I think Sim should have been out there? Absolutely. I heard uh, one critique saying, well, if you put Sims out there, now you have a bad free throw shooter. Dallas had no timeouts. So if you if they foul you know, Sims on a rebound, and let's say he misses two still, um, you're still up two points, and Dallas now has to race the floor to score. I'd much rather secure the rebound and know I have my best rebounders out there than worry about if I get fouled. Because if you don't get the rebound, what could happen is they could beat you, which is what happened. So – um, so I didn't, I thought that that was a misstep. I think that that was one of those classic instances of Tibbs kind of not coaching the game that's happening. He's kind of just, sometimes I think he kind of freezes in these moments, but, um, especially when you see McGee coming in, but outside of that, I really didn't have much issue with, with, with what he did for much of this game. The Knicks have these issues closing games. Why do you feel like Knicks are struggling, uh, with these, uh, with closing games at this point in the season? 
Well, I, th- I think obviously um, if Jalen Brunson is in that game, you know, different story. You know, you I think they watch them if Jalen Brunson plays. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, Brunson really wanted to play. Obviously, the first game he, he you know, he'd missed all season. Um, you know, kid's a warrior. Um, and obviously, the Knicks only tripped to Dallas. Then um, you saw Luca chirping the whole game uh, to, to the Knicks bench uh, at his at his buddy uh, JB. Um, so, uh, you know, again, that that that's part of the reason, you know, you talk about McBride, who, again, if, you know, they get grab a rebound, you talk about McBride. Yeah, he missed a free throw, but um, the, the, having the gumption to get run towards the ball, you know, a lot of guys run away from the ball in that instance. Um, uh, McBride, Deuce was running to the ball, you know, taking big free throws, made most of them, um, obviously contributed uh, defensively, um, you know, still hasn't found his rhythm, um, you know, shooting the ball quite yet, but but did knock down a shot or two here and there. Um, you know, I, you assume that that quickly would have gotten more more touches. But um, yeah. again, you know, it, it, it is what it is. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out going, fo- go, going forward. But, um, you know, without again, and we saw it all, time and time again last season um uh, when you have with without a true point guard on the floor it makes a big difference um that being said brunson did miss two big free throws um in the loss last week um so you know but but again if, if brunson's on the floor he's he's the leader i'm sure he wants to get back on the floor and I, you know he wants to take big free throws um yeah. you know, the, next, the next time he plays so um obviously i expect that to be the case yeah, especially considering he had those big misses against Chicago. You know, he's going to want to uh, redeem that. Last thing on this game before we move to San Antonio, uh, if there was any silver lining from that uh, just epic collapse that happened in Dallas, it was Quentin Grimes. I mean, he he was he was sensational. I mean, really, truly one of his, I think that's definitely his best game as a New York Knicks. Um, he did have the assignment of guarding Luka Doncic, Luka did score 60, but um, it was it, it was a tough assignment to say the least. Um, but he had 31, 33 points himself, and, and he showed um, a level of shot making that I don't think some people, uh, not me, I don't think you, but some people didn't uh, didn't expect that he could he could provide for the Knicks with RJ Barrett out, last for the finger, he's not going to be out for a week, um, and, and the other guys out. Uh, what did you make of Quentin Grimes' performance in that Dallas game? Yeah, I mean, as, uh, you guys that have been listening, you guys that subscribe to my newsletter know that. I'm super high on Quinn Grimes. I mean, I just, I just love the, the what he brings to the table on both ends of the floor. Um, I've, I've said it time and again. The Knicks need to get him more shot. They need to allow him to be a facilitator, a creator. Um, you talked about a shot making. Um, it's only a matter of time before you know he's, you know, I, I just, you, you have the confidence that he's going to be a high 30s, 40% three point shooter um, for his career, and those guys are, are few and far between. But it's the other stuff that Grimes brings to the table that that has me so excited about his potential. Um, obviously, defensively, having a three and D wing um, is is incredibly valuable in today's NBA. And the other thing that really has he's improved by leaps and bounds from his rookie season. And we kind of got a taste of it during the summer league, um, which kind of got Nick fans excited. And we've seen it carry over to the regular season, which don't, doesn't always happen, is when Grimes attacks the paint when when uh when because he's making three pointers so defenders are closing out really hard yep. you know drives past some shot fake and then get into the lane beautiful passes to mitchell robinson yeah to randall to sims um really sees the floor well a couple look away passes a couple bounce passes um you know to 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 a player cutting into the dunker spot um just really love what he brings to the table 
Um, you know, you, you can tell he's just kind of, again, he has, I think, less than 75 career games played. Um, so he's still kind of feeling his way in the league, um, but plays with confidence, plays with swagger, great size. Um, let, let's hope he can stay healthy. Um, but just just watch this kid grow. Um, and, and I've said it before, you know, if we're ranking a Knicks that you want going forward that, you know, you view as part of the future of the franchise, um, I'm not sure I'd put Barrett ahead of, of Grimes yeah. at this point, um, just just because of the, the, the potential upside he has that and, and that high floor because he's going to be an efficient offensive player. That's also going to be uh, potentially well above average defensively. Um, we'll see if he can, you know, again, continue to improve, has leaps and bounds to go. So, you know, he's one 30 point game in his career. Or, you know, we're not certainly not going to anoint him now. Um, but again, um, he just for those of us that have, you know, have been raving about his potential. Um, we've been seeing, you know, a little slowly, slowly more glimpses of it. Um, and the first game he plays without R.J. Barrett this season, um, you know, as, as you mentioned, Barrett, uh, you know, played one minute before before leaving with the finger laceration. Um, yeah. Obviously his shot attempts are going to increase, um, which is something I had been calling for for a long time. I think the Knicks coming into this game were eight and one in games where he attempted eight or more field goals. Um, obviously they lost this one, um, but uh, I, I don't think you could, could place it on Grimes. So um, yeah, um, I, hopefully this is the first of many 30 point games. Obviously Nick fans um, are hoping that's the case. Um, we'll see if he can string together some, some positive momentum starting with um, Thursday night in San Antonio when the Knicks will be without RJ Barrett again. Yeah, and and Quentin Grimes' uh, stellar game, and that was essentially why uh, that game is why the Knicks didn't want to include him in Donovan Mitchell trade. It's why they 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 held out and they they fight fought and clawed their way to try to not include him in a trade because he has a skill set that the Knicks need that any any winning team needs. Yeah, you need a a backcourt player, a wing player who can defend at a high level and score at an efficient rate. Those guys are gold in the NBA. And Grimes shows a lot of that potential in just, again, less than 82 games in his career. He's not even played a full NBA season in terms of actual gameplay. So that's why it makes like we can't give this kid up. Uh, you can have RJ. You can have quickly. But we cannot we cannot give up Quentin Grimes. So um, I think that was a wake-up call to a lot of Nick fans who maybe were wondering why Grimes was so valuable. That was why. And now you got to hope that the Knicks can find a way to utilize it more on the offensive end. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But uh, Knicks lose a heartbreaker in Dallas. They now head to San Antonio. Knicks will look to snap their four-game losing streak when they take on one of the NBA's worst Western Conference teams. The San Antonio Spurs host the Knicks Thursday night. The Spurs currently have just 11 wins on the season. Tommy, are you concerned about the Mavericks game carrying over into this game, a game where if you look at it on paper, the Knicks should win. They should be favored. Um, one quick thing before we get on the Spurs, I just, yeah. I, I just wanted to mention, um, on Luca, I, I love yeah, yeah. Doncic. I've loved him since he, b b before he came into one, I've only been, um, 
retweeted by the freezing cold takes account. They've actually, they, they, the only time I've ever been retweeted by them um, was when I, there was like a, a tweet on draft day. He retweeted a tweet of mine from like months prior saying, I guarantee Luka Doncic will be the first pick in the draft. Something along those ah, lines right. or, or any team would be crazy. Not, you know, that, that type of thing. And yeah. as we know, um, um, he, he felt it fell to number three. And that it, it, honestly, that was one of the things I was thinking about that night was, um, you know, Nick fans have it bad. Don't get me wrong, but think about it as a Kings fan, like, how do you come back from that? You know, like, yeah, you can, you can understand Phoenix taking eight and I get, you know, you can rationalize yeah. it. And even the, the, the Hawks obviously traded the pick and, and Trey Young's been great. So, you know, you, you, you can live with that, but the Kings taking Bagley is just, is just one of those things where, um, it's almost a nightly basis. You get tortured and, and traumatized by, by that pick. Um, but it, yeah. it's, and, and again, I love Luca. I got back into card collecting like during the pandemic. I bought a bunch yeah, of yeah. Luca um, Prism rookies and, and all that stuff. So I have, I have two autographed Luca Doncic jerseys, one hanging oh, in my nice. office. Um, the complaining Doncic complains every every time he's up and down the floor. It yeah. almost makes it hard to enjoy watching the kid play and rooting for him with the complaint. I you know I know I'm sure Mavs fans will deal with it. They'll they'll take it. Yeah. Um, just, you know, um, just for the sake of, of you know going forward of the league, you know, it just it, it it really drains kind of the excitement um because he's always waving his arms and then gesticulating. Just do just just try to play the game. Um, also, it doesn't seem he's in. Great shape. I mean, he's a good enough shape, certainly. But you yeah. know, what? if he ever gets into, you know, if he ever does a LeBron James offseason, you know, like or or like, let me figure out what Kobe did, you know, from from the last game of the season to the first game of the season, and really get in the best shape of his career because he's operate. It feels like you look at him and he's operating at like eighty five percent, which is listen, it's good enough to have a sixty twenty ten game, before, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, but like you know, he's, he's still a young kid. He's just twenty three years old. Like he's, you know, what's going to happen? You know three, four, five, six, eight years. Um, and he's got plenty of time to kind of get on track. Um, but just for the sake of the league, um, just two kind of nitpicking caveat things, um, you know, play the game a little bit more, stop complaining, and then just get in great shape because he has a chance to be, um, you know, one of the two, three, four, five greatest players that has ever played in the NBA. Um, so I'd love to see him kind of maximize that potential. Just selfishly, as as a, <laughs> as a person that's watched the NBA his whole life. Um, okay, that out of the way. Moving on to to San Antonio. Um, yeah, listen, it's it, it's the one thing um, you have to credit. Uh, one of the things you have to credit Tibbs for is his ability for his teams to bounce back. Um, you know the you know in my newsletter I had called the game uh, that Saturday matinee at the Garden on December 3rd, the Dallas debacle. So I guess this will be Dallas debacle version 2.0. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in, in, in referencing it during the subsequent, because remember the Knicks lost that game to the Mavs on Saturday afternoon, then played Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs the next night, Sunday evening. Um, and, you know, there was talk that, you know, had the Knicks lost that Cavs game or got blown out again in that Cavs game would Tibbs have a job on Monday. Um, a lot of people were speculating that he might not, um, myself included, if the Knicks had lost yeah. a couple more games. Um, so that being said, they we know they bounced back, beat the Cavs the next night, and then won seven games in a row. So um, Cavs, uh, Tibbs does a good job of not getting too high during winning streaks. Um, did a good job of kind of resetting expectations and reminding folks, that, reminding the team, because Tibbs understands 
that the Knicks don't have a real margin for, for error. You know, other teams have, you know, if you have Luka Doncic, you can play poorly for the first 47 uh, minutes and, yeah. and 41 seconds. And then, you know, he'll pull out a, a rabbit out of the hat. Um, Knicks don't have that superstar. Um, they don't have, you know, they're not dominant on either end of the floor. They have to just kind of, you know, bring their lunch pail and go to work every game. Um, so that being said, um, that approach has its benefits during a winning streak and also bouncing back from really tough losses as we've seen in the past. So um, this is obviously um, a game the Knicks are favored in. They should win. Um, you know, Spurs are one of the worst teams in the league. So we'll see if, you know, Tibbs can kind of reset and, and get everybody back on the same page. Obviously a major issue um, as we record here on Thursday morning is whether Brunson will play. Currently listed right. as questionable. We know Barrett's out. Um, obviously that's a major factor whether the point guard returns. Yeah, yeah, I think that you you hit the nail on the head with the Knicks' ability to respond in what feels like catastrophic uh, situations, which was that Dallas game. So um, it's set up really well for them. They are playing the Spurs, who are only 11-23 and 23 on the season. Um, the Spurs are a team that appears to be tanking. If they're not tanking, they did a real good job of looking like they're tanking. Uh, they, they're playing a lot of young players. Um, some of their other veteran guys could be on the move. Someone like a Yaka Pirtle, uh could be a guy that teams may be interested in. So uh, some of these guys may just be kind of playing off the string until the trade deadline. So uh, this is a game the Knicks should get. Uh, I, I think that you I, I would expect them to play hard, just like I expect them to play hard against the Dallas Mavericks. When I did the last part. I said that was like, I think the Knicks will, will come out with the kind of desperation that we saw from the Bulls and from the Raptors the previous week. And I expect you'll see that tonight as well. I think we saw it in Dallas. They just couldn't finish the game. I think you'll see probably even more of that against the team that they know that they could uh, they could beat. Now, I do think for the Spurs, they, they're an interesting team only in the sense that they have some of these young players, not, no guys who were drafted kind of in the top two or three. So I don't think they, they have a franchise guy on their team. But they have guys I'm interested in, and I think some intriguing matchups like um Devin Vassell is having a, a really good season um he was a player that the Knicks were interested in uh in the draft a couple of years ago and uh you know he had 20 points in his last game he's one of their leading scorers uh what does Quentin Grimes do with a guy like that who's, who's been playing really well that's going to be the matchup uh tonight and that should be a really good one uh I want to see Jeremy Sohan uh, a, a guy who's also I think played pretty well for them as a rookie I think he'll get a lot of Julius Randle that should be an interesting matchup Sohan is uh, a defensive ace so uh, seeing how uh, he handles a player, the caliber of Randall, who's playing at a high level right now, some intriguing matchups for some young Spurs players up against the Knicks tonight. Yeah. Um, Sohan, the, of, of the one-handed free throw for, for folks that haven't yeah. had a chance to check yeah. him out. He shoots free throws uh, with, with one hand um, as he's trying to figure out how to, how to um, it's, it always, it always has bothered me that, that players have been so we've seen Plumlee um, switch hands and um, you know, it, it bothers me that no player has had the guts to try the underhand free throw. Um, yeah. you know, we've, we've seen Rick Barry shoot 90%, uh, you know, f from, you know, tr trying the underhand free throw. Um, if you're willing to shoot with one hand or switch hands and, in the middle of your career, um, I think you'd give that a shot, but I guess it, um, for whatever reason. Um, the other thing is, as you mentioned, um, it's certainly worth noting um, that Vassell is listed as questionable with left knee soreness. Keldon Johnson listed as questionable with lower back tightness and, and McDermott uh, dealing with right knee right knee soreness as well. Um, Vassell was listed as questionable in the in the previous uh, Spurs games. He ended up playing, played 30 minutes, 
um, in a back-to-back on uh, in Tuesday's loss of the Thunder. Um, ditto for Johnson as well. He was listed as questionable, came out and played 30 minutes. So um, we'll see if that, um, you know, if, if those guys actually do um, suit up on Thursday night. I would assume they would, um, but but certainly something to keep a track, uh, keep an eye on. Um, Knicks are getting five points. Um, that's that's the spread as of right now. I, I, I kind of thought it'd be a little bit higher, but again, there's a lot of questionable. I think if Brunson was playing, it probably would be higher, but um, Brunson and Barrett being out obviously impacts the what, what Vegas thinks about it as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think you, you you called it out. This is again, this is an opportunity um, for for Grimes to to kind of showcase himself a little bit more, get an increased opportunity. And then the other thing we got to talk about is with Barrett out, um, does do one of the other players um, that has that have not been a part of the rotation, um, namely Evan Fournier and Cam Reddish, um, do they slide back into the rotation now that Barrett is officially signed lined? Um, for uh, at least Thursday and then going forward. Yeah, that that definitely is is now uh, becomes a bigger storyline with RJ Barrett out. And we will get to that in a second. Just one quick thing on the Spurs. Um, what is the deal with Greg Popovich? Like, like what is, what is he doing at this point? Like, you, you listed those questionables uh, and, you know, you listed the injuries. I was kind of waiting to hear questionable like uh, you know, like they may hold one of these guys out because they're just in the tank mode. They want to make sure they can get as many lottery balls as possible so they could end up with the uh, the French phenom, uh, the seven foot three guy who certainly will be the number one pick uh, this upcoming draft. But it just feels like Pop. I I, I mean, we know his re- resume. We know with the great things he's done um, as an NBA coach. He of course won an Olympic gold medal just uh, just recently coaching Team USA. I mean, at this point, is he, is he in the service of just trying to get young players uh, uh, and improve them and and and, uh, and and kind of teach them life lessons? We know he kind of cares a lot about things outside of basketball. He cares a lot about these these young men's lives. Like, is that what he's doing at this point? It just feels like this Spurs season and this Spurs situation has been beneath him for a while now. I'm surprised he hasn't looked to retire or, or a coach elsewhere. Totally. I, I thought he was kind of, you know, hanging on to 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 um, secure the, the most wins in, in NBA history. It would make sense mm-hmm. if, if he did that or and, and as you mentioned, the gold medal and then just kind of right off into the sunset. So I, I would have um, bet that he that last season would have been his last season. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, and, and, the, and the you know, this is the one. They they won 32 games in, in 1920, then 33, then 34. They're on pace for another low 30s win. Um, you know, it's just the, I am surprised that that pop um, has kind of hung on this long. Um, but you know, you know, it is it is uh, you know there there are only 30 positions in the NBA, so it's it's certainly not shocking to um, you know if if you enjoy what you do to continue doing it. Um, and obviously, you know. in many ways um so we'll see um you know if he uh, continues going forward yeah yeah i think that um it will definitely be interesting to see how his career kind of shapes up uh if the women yama uh tutelage is something that he's waiting for true or 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 if it's just uh you know he just wants to you know coach these last few seasons doesn't see much else and then he'll, he'll ride off soon but i just think that the, the the pop because the Spurs are so so far away from relevancy, like you know, it's almost like you forget he's still an NBA figure. Yeah. But you know, this is one of the greatest coaches of, in NBA history, and 
Um, he's toiling away on a team that is, uh, you know, kind of destined for 50, 55, maybe even 60 losses this season. So, yeah, um, it's it's interesting. It's almost like a blueprint. What will Belichick do if the if the pass, right. you know, because he, you know, and not just arguably the greatest coach in NBA history, one of the best coaches in, in professional sports history, North America. Right. You know, like you look at the he's he's on that. If there's a Mount Rushmore, you could certainly make a case for him being one of the four, one of the four, one of the four faces. So um, yeah, it'll be cool to see. It'll be interesting to see how, how these legends um, that we've grown up with kind of handle their their exit strategy going forward. Yeah. It's like uh, Bill Belichick, this could be your life if you yep. continue on with Mac Jones and what's yeah, going yeah. on with the Patriots. But we'll leave that for the uh, football podcast here on WFAN and uh, Odyssey. So uh, let, let, let's uh, wrap this up talking kind of what you mentioned before with RJ Barry being out. What is the deal with Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier? Because questions seem to loom, continue to loom about their status after the Mavericks loss. You had the injury to Brunson, the injuries to top, and then Barry goes out in that game, uh, that, which meant that many less experienced Knicks were forced to log major minutes but neither Reddish or Fournier were given a chance to spell them at all in the game. Derrick Rose got some time, but that was it. Uh, both players, when asked after the game about their status, essentially said they had no communication about their role. Uh, uh, Fournier says that he's he's not had a, a clear uh, idea of what's going on. He said that he you know expected an opportunity to come soon, and it hasn't happened. Uh, Reddish basically said, "Look, I don't know ish <laughs> about the situation, so don't don't ask me about what's going on. Like I'm just." in here just waiting for whatever's going to happen it's going to happen uh do you feel like at this point the knicks are handling things properly with reddish and fournier given the injuries yeah i mean there's there's really no way to handle uh, correctly perfectly handle you know a, a situation when you tell somebody you're not good enough to play on my team you know like to his credit fournier um hasn't caused any waves reddish hasn't caused any waves um, from what I've seen, they've been supportive from the bench. Um, and from all reports, they've been, you know, ideal teammates and, and same with Derrick Rose, even though he's gotten back on the rotation of late. Um, but I would expect at least one of them to re-enter the rotation. Um, uh, Steph Bondi of the Daily News reported that um, Barrett's going to miss at least a week um, for what apparently is a significant laceration of his finger. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It was one thing for McBride to play 40-plus minutes. Uh, against Dallas Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night because, you know, the heat of the game, you know, it's it's tough to bring somebody cold, um, you know, late, you know, they haven't played, they haven't, you know, ramped up their activity. Um, you can't really game plan for, uh, you know, uh, Barrett missing, to, you know, playing one minute and then being sidelined. Um, but now they've had two games. They know what to expect. They have the injury report. They know that Barrett's going to be sidelined. So you have to adjust accordingly. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see what Tibbs decides to do. Um that may be dependent upon, you know, what, what uh, Spurs are all active, you know, if, if, if Sell and, and Johnson and those guys, maybe you want a little bit extra defensively. So you let Cam Reddish, um, if you're worried about some shooting, then you, then maybe give those minutes to Fournier, see if he can knock down some threes, get hot. Maybe start off with Fournier, see if he can, um, you know, find his stroke and, and, and knock down some threes and give the team some life. Um, but as we've talked about, and he has not excelled in that bench role. Um, if, yeah you know, relegated him from the starting lineup you know, to the bench. So, um, but yeah, I, going forward, you assume, um, and that's part of being a professional is you stay ready. Rose has done a good job with that, um, you know, practicing and preparing as if he's going to start, even when he was completely out of the rotation. Um, we'll see if those guys make the most of their opportunity um, beginning Thursday night for San Antonio. Yeah, it, it is odd. I mean, I did not get to watch Tibbs' last press conference and I don't want to, you know, 
get after the guys on the beat because they do a great job. But someone needs to say, what is happening with Reddit California? Like, the fact that we actually don't have an answer. Like, I know we're not getting an answer from the front office. But the fact that we actually really don't have a real answer from even Thibodeau about what the deal is with these guys, I think it is a little ridiculous. Like, if they're just on ice, and I know you maybe don't want to say, okay, we're not playing them because we're going to trade them. And those, those, some teams are have no problem saying that. Like, there are plenty of guys. Jay Crowder has not played a minute this year. He hasn't even been around the team. So some teams do say that. They say, yeah, we're not playing this guy because we're going to trade him and he doesn't want to be here or whatever. Um, but, okay, let's say you don't want to do that. I think there there is something that you can say to kind of let it make it clear that these guys are just just not going to play. Um, you could say, you know, yeah, we, you know, we're just looking at other guys right now and, you know, something. It's just the, the idea that you watch that game unfold and you say, okay, we're gonna they're going to have to get minutes to somebody. I mean, Julius Randle went back in in the, se- in the second quarter he had three fouls. Like, like Quentin, like uh, IQ had three fouls. Like there were, there were the, the fact that it's a miracle that yes. the Knicks played that game and nobody fouled out. Yes, because the amount of foul trouble they had. Jericho Sims had three fouls early. Like the, the ref were calling it really tight. It was not a well officiated game again. But like, there were all these fouls. You had all these injuries. Tibbs got lucky that things didn't get worse. Like, what happens if some of these guys did foul out? Like, were the guys going to get in in the fourth quarter where they hadn't played now for? A whole 38 minutes 40 minutes like like something it, it's just it's just it's poor strategy to go into a game saying that you have two players on your roster that are active that just can't get in the game for any reason even though they're able-bodied and if there's another reason outside of basketball for why that's happening then i think that they owe it to uh the fans watching these games and watching them blow these games that 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 they explain why that's happening but you have nothing so it, it's I think my educated guess is that these guys are going to get traded, so they don't want them to get hurt before they get traded. I don't even hate that being the reason, but just tell me the reason. Like, like the fact that we don't even know, and I don't trust uh, this front office. I trust Tibbs to, 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 to for that to be the only reason. They could very well just be, you know, Tibbs don't want to play them. He don't think they're good enough, and that's it. And it's like, okay, I mean, I don't love, definitely don't love Fournier. Uh, Cam Reddish comes with issues, but then like you go into a game like that where you don't, you, you would have had no choice but to play them, had certain things bounce a different way, and it seemed like you would have been flat-footed. It seems like you wouldn't have been ready. Yeah, the 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 one the knock against Tibbs um, from a lot of folks is his rigidity. You know, he gets set in a certain pattern and takes a long time to kind of adjust. Um, you know, we saw that over the first 23 games of the season when the Knicks fell, you know, three, four games under 500. Then he slimmed down the nine-man rotation, made the decision, and then went in that direction. And it was successful and paid off with eight straight wins. But then guys are starting to get worn down in a nine-man rotation. And, and yeah. RJ was playing too many minutes. And Randall was playing too many minutes. And Brunson, we you, you know that the beating he was taking. Um, so maybe mix those guys in. Um, I understand you're, you're walking a fine line there because you don't want to mess with what has success. But sometimes you have to look at the bigger picture and understand to kind of adjust on the fly to avoid a four game losing streak is if right. you, you know, had maybe kept those guys fresh down the stretch um in the in in one of those first you know few games or one of the earlier games in the season um but yeah I, I mean as far as as you know so it was easier for the Knicks not to really address the issue because Cam they was because right. you win it you know it, yeah. when, and as Rose and Rose flatly said it like, like I can't complain because we're riding an eight game winning streak I, I look like an idiot if I if I you know these guys are prideful players you don't make it to the NBA without wanting to without thinking you're better than the guys that are playing um so it's it's a very tricky situation but at least one of those guys will escape 
um, the bench going forward. So uh, that's some, certainly something we'll keep an eye on Thursday night. That's interesting. So you 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 think that it it, it is almost certain that one of these guys will play uh, I, on Thursday night. I assume so. You know, again, really? if, you, if, if you if you take Barrett out of the rotation, I don't, I don't, I definitely certainly don't assume um, that that Tibbs is going to go with a, a nine man rotation. So I assume that one of those guys will will, will fill in because they're talented enough. Yeah. You have to see what they bring to the table. And again, um, you know, it's not like it's a playoff series where you know you know if the you still got three four months left in the season, um, you can't play McBride forty plus minutes. You can't play IQ. There were four Knicks that played forty four um, th- that played yeah. I think over 42, 43 minutes. Um, you know, even if they you could tell by the end of overtime they were exhausted yeah. and, and again the, the, in the heat of a game you don't have time to game plan and strategize and you know went to overtime you don't expect it to go to overtime just holding on holding out hope that you can close it and then to bring in a guy cold after he sat the first 40 50 minutes of a game to play the final two minutes of overtime is is, is not fair to the player either um so but again yeah i think going forward um adjustments will have to be made certainly Interesting. I think if, if if somebody plays, I think it's Fournier, but I think there's a great shot that neither of these guys still play. I think there's a shot that Sweden Kylo maybe gets into the rotation. I just it just seems strange that up until this point, um, given some of the things that have happened recently, that neither of these guys have gotten any shot. And I know Byron's not hurt, but to me, it's just a convenient exa- a reason to maybe give someone else a look, a young young player on that bench. Say, okay, let's see if uh, what Sweden Kylo could do. I like, think this. I, I, I would be really. I, I would be surprised if these guys still play. I'll be honest. I think it's one of the instances where the front office comes in and says, "Listen, let's try to boost these guys' trade value a little bit. Maybe if if Cam Reddish looks bouncy in 15 minutes, um, right. you know, a team that's on the fence, maybe the Lakers say, okay, you know, we're desperate here. Let's let's try to figure something out.' Um, very interesting comments made by LeBron James last night, as an aside, saying basically, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not I'm not here to play off the string if I want to compete. So uh, we'll see how the Lakers handle that. Um, and uh, also the Mavs, you know, just watching that Mavs game made me think like they need to address their lack of of of, of uh, you know help around Luca. Um yeah. don't waste a, a, a same you know it's kind of similar in a weird obviously at different ends of their career but you got you know you got Luca you know essentially ready to you know ascend to the top of the NBA mountaintop but doesn't have help on his side um when when LeBron James maybe has a year or two left at his prime um and is playing alongside guys that that can't get the job done but um outside of that tangent um so semi related is the, the trade talk is going to start to heat up yeah. we're a couple days away from January which means we're 6 weeks 5 weeks away from the trade deadline um yeah, it's easier to say we're not playing these guys because we're winning. Um, but if you choose to play Svima Kailuk over those guys, I think that kind of knocks their trade value down a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's not dramatic one way or the other, but yeah. um, obviously um, it, I think that that it could be uh, viewed as sending a message to the league that you really don't trust these guys. Um, whereas we're winning. So that's why we're, we, we went in an opposite direction or we don't want to trade them because they're you know afraid of getting hurt and, and impacting their trade value. But now you're kind of forced. Um, so if you continue to, to chain these guys to the bench, I think that sends a message. Um, so I would, I would assume that, that, for, you know, for, for multiple reasons that uh, those guys get an opportunity to kind of, um, if for no other reason, um, obviously, um, reduce the wear and tear on the uh, on the eight guys remaining in the rotation but also potentially boost the trade value because remember reddish was playing i think on that on that on the west coast road trip 
it was averaging like 37 minutes a night for like a yeah. four or five game stretch there. So, and at that point, you know, you know, people were saying, Oh, is he a part of the rotation going forward? I would assume his trade value at, uh, at that point was higher than it was now. Um, so maybe you kind of catch lightning in a bottle guy has a few good games and, you know, so, some players willing to roll the dice. Yeah. It should be interesting. Nick Spurs tonight, uh, Thursday night, 8 PM in San Antonio. We'll see if Fournier, and Cam uh, get off the ice and they, and they, and they, they get some action. Um, that's going to do it, though, for this episode of Orange and Blue Bloods. Uh, Tommy, uh, let me know where they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. Um, hope you guys all had a happy holiday. And um, let's uh, see if the Knicks get back on track. And you can find me, EJ underscore Stewart, on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram and TikTok. And again, if you enjoyed this episode of Orange and Blue Bloods, make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. And make sure you get the auto-download feature so you can get these episodes whenever we drop. We drop three times a week. So make sure you're hitting that auto-download button so that we can uh, continue to get this episode from uh, Tommy and myself. That's going to do it for this edition of Orange and Blue Bloods. Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.